Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Guys, I heard a story this week I thought it was very interesting. It was about a New York bus driver, okay? And basically, he worked for the, for the bus driver, and, and he is missing. Him and the bus were missing for, for some 10 days. He was just missing, right? They kept calling him and calling him and calling him, and I thought, that's an interesting story. For over a week, authorities searched for the man and the bus, and they couldn't find him for 10 days. Right. Finally, the men, basically, they found him, but he wasn't in New York anymore. He was in Florida. And they asked him, dude, you know, what's, you know, you took the bus, you went to Florida. And the driver said, quote, I had had it with the cold weather. And if my wife was here, she'd say amen. Okay. I had it with the cold weather. I had it with the passengers. I had it with my family. And one day, when I got off work, I just thought, I wonder what would happen if I just left everything and everyone. Well, that's what he did, right? That's what he did, right? So he took off to Florida. He enjoyed the sun and the surf for over a week, all by himself. Now, here's the thing. Don't take this the wrong way, but have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like, I have had enough, right? I have had enough. Well, here's the thing, guys. In our world today, now I say our world because it's much more than, than just our city. I mean, it's our world, right? Paul, I mean, it, this is what we, we, we oftentimes feel frustrated and we get aggravated about life and we often want to pull out our hair or we want to pull out somebody else's hair. Or we get so frustrated, guys, that we literally want to run away from it all. We've all felt that way a time or two. Now, we look back in our past and we think, yeah, there's times I felt like, but but now the pressure is so much that we want to feel like that. We feel like that. Listen, church. I would think that our past life was pretty tough, but today... Life is even really tougher. The bills pile up. I can't even give you a number. I read it today, but I don't know how many, mil- how many millions of people are out of work. Okay? My neighboring, my, my state that I'm from, okay, just said as of tomorrow to close down restaurants again. Now, again, you remember, we all go, oh, let's be safe, but you don't understand the the, million, the, the hundreds of thousands of people that are going to be out of work. Okay, so, so we got to look at it that way. And, and so it's, the, the bills are going to pile up. You go, okay. Uh, our health is going to fail. If you're anything like me, you wait for the daily report of how many people contracted COVID and how many people have died. And you realize that there are some people who still get sick and they die. And it's scary. I mean, it's okay. Well, Pastor, we went from 51 to 60. And I get it. I get the numbers. Well, yeah, but see, according to our percentage, percentage doesn't mean anything if that's your loved one who has passed. You understand that, right? Because we're human. We, we, we love people. Well, let me tell you about the percentage. I don't care about the percentage. I just miss my grandpa, my grandma, my aunt, my uncle, my brother. My I get that. We get that. Amen? Okay, so we're trying to paint the picture here. 
Marriages. Listen to me. Listen to me. Marriages are being attacked. Your marriage, my marriage, is the closest thing to what God and the church is. And so if I can look at your marriage and I can separate you and I can divide that, then the world goes, oh, okay, so that's what God's going to do to his bride or, or so forth. I mean, they, they link it. And so the enemy goes, listen, I'm going to take you guys out. I'm going to. Because the hurt we have in our marriage, and I'm, I'm getting really passionate now because, because think about it, guys. This is, this is what's happening. Be careful in your marriage. Don't let the enemy win. Don't let pride get in. Well, she knows it. If she knew what kind of man I really was, she would like me. No, 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 no. You do it. You go, what else? Well, people hurt you. People hurt you. That happens. Or they disappoint you. Or your jobs turns out to be a bummer, right? Ooh, bummer. That's really it. So perhaps, church, listen, there have been times when you feel like quitting the Christian life. See, in a time like this, you might even feel like people aren't listening. People aren't listening. And they're not moving toward the Lord. I read, and maybe I shouldn't read so much. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But I read that a a pastor, a well-known pastor, was defending... The fact that people in California should not sing. You go, well, the people should sing. Well, again, when we sing, we deep breaths and we sing, right? I mean, it could spread a virus. And the pastor said, I don't think there's any spiritual implication about what our governor is doing to try. And, and I'm going, okay, 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 I understand physically and what's going on in the world. But, but spiritually, don't you see? Well, I don't think there's a No, 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 no. There is a demonic spirit that is coming and trying to shut down the church. Now, he's not trying to shut down buildings. That's easy. What he's trying to do is shut down us. And people aren't listening. Trying to tell my loved ones, Rosa. Trying to tell my family and friends. Listen. Oh, really? Well, tell me more. I'd like. No, 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 no. Listen. It's he's coming back, and people aren't listening, and and they're not moving to the Lord, and and people are not coming back to Jesus. And you look around even today, and you go, man, Ben, the church is empty. Back in January and February, we had two services, and people were coming, and we were. It was amazing. It was good. And new people were showing up, and we had visitors and all that. And now you look around and you go, and you might even think to yourself this morning, church, be honest, what's the use of coming to church? Why not just drop out and do what everybody else in the world is doing? We often think that way. Life is tough and sometimes very disheartening. But here's what the message is today. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. See, The Apostle Paul, under the power of the Holy Spirit, as he begins to write that, guys, what he's going to do, he's going to give us reasons, several reasons in chapter 4 not to lose heart. Okay? You've got to grab this. He's going to give us reason. Now, contextually, okay, contextually, what's he going to talk about? Well, he's not talking about COVID. He's not talking about job loss. He's not talking contextually. You guys know the story. 
Okay? Paul goes and he plants the church and he's loving on the people. And he leaves the church and he says, okay, you guys are good? Okay, so he goes off to plant another church. He gets a letter and he's saying, hey, we've got these problems. Paul, what should we do about this? What should we do about that? And so Paul says, well, let me address it. So in his first letter to the Corinthians, he addresses it, right? He addresses the fact that some people are lifting up Apollos over Paul. Or they're lifting over Christ and they were, and they were trying to pick pastors over one another. Paul says, hey, don't do that. It's Jesus. Jesus is the center of all of this stuff. And then he says, well, you know, another thing, we talked about sexual immorality. We talked about one guy in the church was sleeping with his stepmom. And the elders are like, good job, bro. We're under grace. No, Paul says. And so he, he addresses all of the problems, but finds out that a lot of them went, wow, Paul, great letter. And a lot of them said, who's Paul? And why should we obey him? Who does he think he is? And so what Paul does, he gets to make a hurried visit, right? He goes over there, and he, listen, he comes in the church. He says, listen, I planted this church, and I need to talk to the pastor. And we got to, and he actually calls some people out in the church. Hey, you can't be doing this. So everybody gets in an uproar. Part of the church goes, Paul, you're right. We're so sorry. Lord, forgive us. I don't know, where, I don't know why we were following these groups, right? Then you had another group of people going, they still folded their hands and, and furrowed their brow and said, well, who does Paul think he is? And then you had another group that actually infiltrated the church that we talked about last week, the Judaizers. So all of a sudden, you're just going, oi, vey, the church is kind of a mess, isn't it? Hence the, term, the, the name of our series, Messy, it's a mess. Paul, it's a mess. This church is a mess. And I love that God said, this is what I want to put in the canon of Scripture because we know what it's like to have a messy church. Because here's what we do in a messy church. We invite all y'all to come in and be part of the church. And here you come through the door with all your baggage. Hi, I'm here. Got baggage. And we go, us too, look. And some of you are carrying an overnight bag, and some of you got luggage for days. You know what I'm saying? Here's, our, here's what we say at Calvary, right? It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Okay? So it's okay to come in with your baggage. Hi, I'm here. I got tons of baggage. See? Yeah. But he says, okay, so let's let the Lord start to take that baggage and start putting, oh, what's in this bag? Oh, I really didn't need this. This is just my toothbrush. I really just don't need that. Oh, I just, whatever it might be. Okay, you, let me just retract. You need your toothbrush, okay? Just, just going to throw that out there. Okay, you got to, you need your toothbrush. So Paul writes and he says, okay, okay, guys, listen. And then some of the guys are going, mm-mm. We, we just, we don't think Paul has the right authority. And they're starting to divide the church. So Paul makes a hurried visit. It's very painful where he writes, Joe, 2 Corinthians, but that's not the letter we have. He writes a very painful letter. We don't have that letter. And then realizes, okay, so some of the people were going, oh, Paul, we're sorry. And he wants to reconcile them. And so he writes this letter, which we call 2 Corinthians, to reconcile him. First eight chapters, reconcile, we forgive you, I love you. The problem is, is that you still have the other two groups. And you go, what other two groups? You still have those that are questioning his authority, and you still have what we call the Judaizers, okay? And you go, well, Ben, how can we apply this, okay? Contextually, you know, Paul is telling us, don't lose heart. He's saying, okay, so don't lose heart. I understand the church is going through a mess, but you go, how can we apply it? Well, we can apply this to our lives, guys, because as we move forward, 
I don't want you to lose heart when telling others about the Lord. I don't want you to lose heart. We can apply this to our lives when the things in the world are just out of control. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart, Christian, because here's why. Here's what I want you to know. None of this, God is not surprised. You you understand that God is not surprised by all this, right? We are. We are. Pastor Bill, Pastor Bill text me on Friday. How many did you have? Because we're talking, okay? How many? He said, we had 26 confirmed. I said, hold on, Bill. We haven't even got ours yet. 145. Wow. That's what he says. Wow. You, You understand that, right? It took him by surprise, but God's not going, you had 145? Well, here's the thing. Gabriel, come here. I didn't know that was happening. None of this takes God by surprise. You understand that, right? So we as believers with God's Holy Spirit living inside us, we should not be surprised. God has it. God's God's in control. Okay? So here's the news I want to be in. I want to be in the news where God's at. That's the news I want to be in. Okay? Okay. Okay. God, what do you have? Okay. Okay. I believe you. And the world, and, 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 and so again, here's what's going on. Okay, here's what you need to understand contextually. Because at Calvary Chapel, you know that we teach verse by verse by verse by verse. So in chapter 3, Paul again writes to refute the Judaizers. Not only is he dealing with those going, Paul, okay, man, I love you, forgive you, I understand. And they're going, Paul, we're sorry. Okay? And then not only is he writing to those group of people that are going, no, we, don't, we, still, we still want to know some authority. We still want to know that you, who, who, who made you boss? Right? Do you remember we used to say that? Who died and made you boss? I mean, that's kind of what they're saying, okay? That's the sign. Who, who, Paul, who do you? And Paul's like, okay, listen, I'm going to tell you. And then he's writing to a group of people that have infiltrated the church known as the Judaizers. And, 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 and Paul's probably sitting at night just rubbing his eyes going, Lord, <laughs> Lord. And you go, who are the Judaizers? Do you guys remember what they were doing? These were people who were trying to marry the law with the Christianity. They're trying to say, Paul, you can be saved, but you got to keep the law, bro. The whole purpose of the law was to bring us to Christ. The whole purpose of the law was the, the pedagogos, the buster. He brings us to Christ because we can't keep the law. Here's the thing. He told the children of Israel, you need to keep the law. You know what the children of Israel said? We can do it. Psh, wrong. They can't. I can't keep the law. Part of the law, part of just the Ten Commandments, not the 613 that they made out of the Ten, just part of the Ten says, do not lie. Oh, man. Right? Don't steal. Oh, you know which one I got? You know which one I got? The law says, don't murder. Hey, I've got that one. Until Jesus shows up. And Jesus said, listen, if you're angry with your brother... It's the same as, what? Yeah, so when you go home today and you're driving on Luke 289 and that person cuts out in front of you, you just murdered your brother, man. So don't do that. Just say, God bless you. I know you almost killed us, but I'm going to drive right here. How are you? Good to see you. Come to Calvary. You know what I'm saying? And so the Judaizer said, you got to keep the law. You see, the Greek, the Greek is this, to live according to Jewish customs. To live according to Jewish customs. So, so again, it's like, hey, 
you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. I know this is crazy to think, but back in the day, guys, as a teenager, I used to have long hair. I used to, yeah, it was crazy. I wanted to be a rocker, you know, it was just, that's it's teenager, right? And then I got saved, and the person said, you got to cut your hair. Huh? Yeah, you got to cut it, man, because Christians don't have long hair. And these were, this was all the advice, because what was happening is there was a lady who was trying to marry the law with Christianity. Instead of saying, man, just find out what God has. Listen, I'm a lot older than I was back in teenager. Y'all are waiting to see how old I was, right? But here's the thing. I cut my hair eventually, right? So why are you tripping on a 17-year-old who just came to Jesus? Why, why are we doing that? Anyways, I'm, I'm going off, and if I go at this rate... We'll be here till 2 o'clock. So, <laughs> that was Joe Mabry. Okay, those of you watching, give Joe the thumbs up. Thank you, Joe. Um, so, Paul's writing in chapter 3 to what? To refute the Judaizers, okay? But also to reconcile the believers and also to talk to those who basically are questioning his authority. Now, why is it important? Because if you question his authority, then you question his message. And if you question his message or his integrity, then it all gets, then the gospel goes away. People aren't saved, right? Hey, Rosa, let me tell you the good news. Jesus Christ died for, yeah, but see, I'm not really sure of your authority to tell me that. So the message gets lost because of that. So that's why Paul is really, really having an issue. So what does he do? He gives us three principles to illustrate basically what Moses taught the believers. And let me just tell you how Paul writes, okay? So if you're ever studying the Bible, this is how Paul writes. Paul will just address you. He'll give you the principle of what he wants to teach you. And then he comes back and he illustrates it with the word of God. That is a good way to teach the Bible. Give the, hey, this is what's happening. Give basically the principle, what you want the people to take, and then illustrate it through a story in scripture or so forth. That's what he does. That's what he does. And so what does he do? He illustrates that. But what's the principle that he that we learned? What is the principle he taught us? Well, last week, guys, if you recall, it says that you, you, Haas, are living letters of God's grace. You are. The people are going, we want proof, Paul. We want proof on who you are. He says, guys, look in the mirror. You're proof. You're proof. Do you remember when you used to go out and you were living a different path and a different lifestyle and then you got saved through the ministry? He says, now that it's proof, you're living letters. And what we took to heart, guys, and we have to take to heart, is that people are reading our lives. They're reading our lives. They want to know if what you believe is true. You guys with me? Do you guys realize that we behave what we believe? Can I get an amen on that? Do we not behave what we believe? And if you go, I'm not sure, Pat. No, no, let me give you, give you an example. Masks or no masks. I don't know. I don't care where you stand on masks or no masks, but I'll tell you what. If you believe they work, then you're going to behave that way, aren't you? And you're going to say, I wear my mask everywhere I go. And you'll see people fishing in the middle of nowhere with a mask on. Why? Tell me why. Because they believe, they behave what they believe. You go, there's nobody, there's nobody, right? I've seen people at the gym with a mask. That's rough. That is rough. 
Okay? That's brutal. But nothing against them. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying they behave what they really believe in their heart. Now, there's other people who go, I ain't wearing a mask. I ain't going to wear a mask. You're behaving what you believe. It's the same as Christianity, guys. We behave how we really believe. And if we really trust God. And so people are going and they're looking at your life going, does he really, does he really believe what they say? Because it's one thing to say you're a Christian Christianity on Facebook. It's one thing to quote scripture. But it's a whole other thing if you don't believe that way. If they see your life. Yeah, but didn't, didn't you just say you posted this and didn't you say you posted that and didn't you feel like that? On Wednesday night, we taught about helping practically. You guys know what I'm talking about? That, that listen, we can pray spiritually, but we also need to help practically. Okay? Well, Sister Yvonne had a, had a, had a cousin call her um, Thursday night, and we needed help, but we needed help in Amarillo. So she reached out to me and asked me if I knew anybody in Amarillo. And, and so, but here's, here's the beauty of it, guys. We actually had people in Amarillo practically go out and help who needed to be helped. The car had broken down. It was the middle of the day. And so it was so cool. And I texted I text Yvonne and said, isn't how cool? That's exactly what we need. Now, now, I had other people give me the praying hands. And it's one thing to pray for somebody who's out in the middle of the heat with the car broken down. That's a whole other thing to go out and help them. And sometimes we need prayer. But sometimes we need to go out and help them practically. You guys know what I'm talking about? It reminds me of a story of the sinking ferry. There was a ferry boat going across, and all of a sudden it sprung a leak. There was a pastor on there. And all of a sudden, uh, they were giving buckets because the water was coming in, and they, all, everybody was throwing that, and somebody recognized him as a famous pastor. I said, no, 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 pastor, you don't, 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 um, you know, don't, don't, don't do the water. Don't, 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 you pray. And he looked at me and said, no, there's a time to pray. And there's a time to, you know, get the water out of the boat. That's practical. Okay. And so again, he's saying, we need to be practical. Why? Because people are reading our lives. That's what he's saying. And then he said, now look at the, the second principle we learned last week, guys, is look at the new covenant. Look what Jesus has done. That is so key. I don't want to go through life hoping or thinking. I want to know what Jesus did. I want to know the new covenant. Why? Because that's what brings me peace. If I don't know the new covenant, if I don't understand God's grace, if I don't understand how he bankrupted heaven for me, then I'm going to just, my life is going to be, I'll be saved, don't get me wrong, but it's not going to be fun. I'm not going to have peace. I'm not going to have joy. I, I just, I don't, I misunderstand the grace of God. I just don't get it. Because eventually, if I'm going, well, I can do whatever I want because God's grace, I'm under God's grace, I can do whatever I want. Eventually, that's going to catch up with me. And when real life happens where you start seeing signs of the times, you start going, well, my past isn't that great. You guys tracking with me? My mind's moving 100 miles an hour, but I've had people in this church find out that they had cancer and they, they're, they're a mess. And I'll tell you why they're a mess. Because they're afraid that up until that point, they haven't really lived for Jesus. And they're afraid they're gonna, he's going to judge them based on their past, not on who he is. And so they'll be crying, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. And, it, and it's like, no, you don't understand. When, when, your past is done. 
That's the gospel. It's gone. What you did, what you didn't do, what you failed to do, what you accomplished, the choice, it's gone. That's a great place for an amen. Because I want my past gone. He says, and when he looks at you, he sees Jesus. And if he sees Jesus, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And if he's well pleased in Jesus, guess what? He's well pleased in you. But man, it's, it's, it's Paul. I mean, how, you know, Paul. No, no, no. It's not. He's well pleased. He's well pleased. Let me give you some practical, okay? Let me give you some practical. I want you to take this home. Lord, let us start looking at people and seeing people how you see them. Not how I see them. I want to see people how you see them. And you know how he sees them? Man, listen. He sees him victoriously. He sees, he sees you victorious. He sees you full of joy. He see, that's how I want to see my brother. That's how I want to see my brother. And so he says, Man, understand the new covenant. Understand the new covenant. And then what Paul does is the rest of the chapter, guys, he illustrates the point, right? And then he leaves us with verse 18. He says, but we all, or I should say this, but y'all, Okay, y'all, he says, with unveiled face, beholding as a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Okay, so this is so cool. Here's what he's saying, guys. I love because Paul builds on the experience of Moses found in Exodus, but he applies it for us. Here's what he says, you Listen to this. This is so cool. You as fully devoted followers of Christ, say amen. Paul points out that as you live on earth, that we see Christ's divine glory and we're changed as we walk with him from glory to glory. So he's saying with every experience you have, God, we're seeing God's glory from glory to glory. That's what he's saying. Okay. He's saying, even so, as Christians, we're transformed into the image of God through Jesus by our direct access to him. So, as you walk as a believer, here's what he's saying. He's saying, man, like with an unveiled face, you look in the mirror and you're going, wow, I'm starting to look more like Jesus every day because of the access I have to him. Funny story. Many years ago, I used to work. Um, I used to work with a guy. Uh, love him to death. He watches online sometimes. But I used to work with a guy who had a thick Texas accent. Do you know what I'm talking about? Thick. Okay, I lived in New Mexico, but he had a y'all. I mean, thick Texas accent. My wife knew that I had been spending time with my boss by the way I talked to her. You guys know that? I mean, this is. I mean, okay, so. The more you spend time with somebody, the more you sound like them. Is that true? The more you spend time with Jesus, the more you look like him. How cool would that be? I'm going to use Paul and Lisa because they're up front. (laughs) Can you imagine? Can you imagine that Paul comes home one day, and he's been, spent, he's been so much time like Jesus, he looks like Jesus, that Lisa goes, oh, I thought I saw Jesus. Wow, that's so cool. 
Because that's how, yeah. Yeah. I got to tell this story. I got to tell this story. I'm sorry, guys. But my six-year-old granddaughter taught me something yesterday that just broke my heart. We were driving. She's in and me, and, and there was a man. And he was walking across the street, and he was kind of, I don't know, you guys know, I mean, you're grown-ups in here. I don't know if he was intoxicated or he just, I mean, he was just hunched over. Well, he missed the step on the curb, and he fell. Well, he didn't fall hard, okay? So, and we watched him, and I said, okay, we need to make sure he's okay. And so he got up a little bit and stumbled a little bit more, fell, and I'm thinking, okay, we've got to do something. But, of course, cars are coming back and forth, so I've got to be careful. My granddaughter looks, and she starts crying. Grandpa, do something. Call somebody. I'm, I'm not talking. I'm talking straight up tears. Do something, Grandpa. Do something. And what God spoke to me at that moment is her heart is so tender towards people that she was literally crying for a man she didn't know. And you know what I said? I said, I want that heart. I want that heart. And I told her, Mijita, your spirit is so beautiful. I mean, she was upset all the way. I mean, she was upset. Is he, I mean, even today, she'll, is he, was he okay? Was he okay? And I want that spirit, guys. I want, I, I, want, I want that spirit because that's the spirit of the Lord. When he looks at somebody and, his, and, 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 and your heart breaks so much that it brings you to tears. She didn't know this guy. You know what my six-year-old granddaughter said? She knew he fell. And that he needed somebody. And she called on the only person that could help. Grandpa, do something. Go, call somebody. I want that heart. God, I can't save them, but you can. Daddy, save them. Daddy, do something. Daddy, do something. But I don't want to do it like, like, I don't want to do it with a hard heart. God, do something because they're just, they're not listening to you. Dad, Abba, they fell. Call somebody. Do something. Isn't that, Christian, isn't that the heart that we should all have? Isn't that the heart? I love that. I love that. She taught me something amazing. Now we come to our text, guys, and we're only going to cover six verses. So remember, okay? So he says, Moses' face was said to shine with the rays of the light that looked that came from within him. Remember, we had the candle, the whole thing. But the effect of the time, basically, is that he had spent time with the Lord. So when he went up to Mount Sinai and he saw God face to face, if you will, not really, but you know the story. I mean, he couldn't look at him face to face, but he was in the presence of the Lord. He said he came back and his face shined. The disciples, remember when the disciples, they said, these guys are uneducated. How do they have this? And they said, oh, you've been spending time with Jesus. And they were, they were men that were just full of the Holy Spirit. When you're full of the Holy Spirit and people say, hey, Hoss, you can't do this. You go, sorry, I'm going to obey God, not men. You've been, because you've been in the presence of Jesus. 
listen, here's my deal, okay? I want to be in the presence of the Lord so much that when the rapture takes place, I don't even know the difference. I'm just in the presence of the Lord. I know it's, I, I get it. We work. We have lives. We're raising kids. I get it. But, but Lord, I want that attitude to just, to just always be in your presence, to always acknowledge you, to just be walking in that, to see what's going on in my world and go, okay. See, the Bible said he's coming back again, guys. The Bible said he's going to, there's something called the rapture, the rapture. I know people don't believe it, but that's the, it's the being, the snatching up. Okay, the harpazo is what it is. We know that the Bible says that. Do you believe the Bible? Okay, so we know he's coming. And so when things happen, we go, no, 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 he's coming. The problem is, is that we didn't think he was going to come in our lifetime. I had people tell me, well, Jesus is not going to come back for 100 years. Really? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So Paul writes and he says, okay, here's the text. Ready? He says, therefore, everybody see verse one. Therefore, whenever we see a therefore, we need to see what it's there for. So we go back to the, he says, because you guys are just growing in, in unveiled faces, like in the mirror, from glory to glory, with all the circumstances, with all the things in your life, he says, therefore, since we have this ministry, we also received mercy, he says, do not lose heart. Don't you love Paul's heart? He's such an encourager. He's such an encourager. He's like, you know what I would be? You know what mine would be? It, it, it would be um, the gospel according to Ben. I don't know if it would be gospel because I'd be like, y'all are just sad. You need to grow up. I don't know why you're treating me so mean. Paul doesn't even think that. He says, let me encourage you. Listen, through all of this, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. You go, okay, Ben, how, how so? Well, here's what I want you to see. Since God in his mercy has given us the new covenant, the forgiveness of sins, his amazing grace, guys, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. You go, what exactly does that mean? Well, if you're taking note, you can jot this down. It says, this is not a physical fainting, but more of a losing of courage. More of a losing of courage. That's what we say, hey, guys, don't lose courage. Don't, don't lose heart. Now, just a quick underline, guys. Look at verse 16, because therefore, he tells us again, we do not lose heart. Thank you, Paul. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed by day by day. And I love this. Why? Because he's giving us another reason why we should not lose heart. You go, why? He says, here's another reason. Do not lose heart. Why? He says, our bodies are getting older and dying, but our spirits are being renewed every day. And you go, okay, example. It's all about perspective. We talked about this Wednesday night. You, you had to grasp it. You go, perspective? What do you mean? Yeah, here it is. It was two brothers were raised by an alcoholic father. One grew up to be an alcoholic. When asked what happened, he said, I watched my father. The older, the other grew up and never drank once and asked why he said, asked why, he said, I watched my father. The moral of the story is your perspective will determine your experience. How are you looking at COVID-19? How are you looking at coronavirus? How are you looking at news media? How are you looking at, at social media? How are, guys, how are you absorbing all of this? And you go, why? Because I believe some people watch the news and ponder social media, and they come away broken, distressed, anxious, and worried. How do you know? Because that's what happens to me when I read too much of that. I got to be honest with you. 
And I'll go home and I'll say, and one doctor said this, and one doctor said that, and I agree with this, and blah, 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 blah. And I'll go, oh, but then this one right over here, and I don't know. And, and it's just, uh, you know what? I feel broken. It, just me? Right? Just, I mean, you guys know that, right? But us, all of you watching online, those of you listening by podcast, we as believers, guys, when we watch the news, we rejoice. Why? Pastor, that's weird. Here's why. Because our spirit is renewed in God. You Wait a minute. How so? Because you know what reminds me when I watch the news? He's in control. Haas just posted. He came in today. He went to get a, he went to get a Coke. Didn't bring me one, but that's a whole other sermon. Went inside. They wouldn't take cash. We're no longer accepting cash. One step closer to a cashless society. You know what I said? Praise God. Praise God. Why, Ben? Here's why. Because God's in control. We're one step closer to him coming. You go, what else? It renews my heart. Why? Because the Bible says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He's never left us. He's always with us. I've watched the news. He's with me. Okay, I'm going to ask you to do something crazy this week, okay? I want you to watch the news that, that you normally do. Don't, don't go out of your way and watch the news. But if you watch the news or watch something, just ask Jesus to watch with you. Lord, sit down right here. Let's see. What do you think about that? He goes, it doesn't surprise me. I'm with you. I'm with you. I wonder if he'll tell us in our spirit, that's, that's not right. They're not telling you the truth. I just wonder, I just wonder. Ask the Lord to do that. You know what? We're renewed day by day because that, listen, God's going to save many in these last days. He's going to save many. You go, Ben, look around the church. It's not happening here, but it's happening. God's saving many people. You go, what else? The Bible said this. You can bank on it. He's coming back for us very soon. He is. Now, listen, I used to think, oh, Lord, I don't want you to come back. I, I want to have a house. I want to be married. I want to have a family. Lord, I'm, I'm ready for you to come. And I get that. Look, that's, he, he's put that in our heart. He, listen, we want to grow old with our spouse in the front porch, you know, telling kids to get off our front lawn, you know. Hey, you kids, get off our front lawn. I mean, we want that. But what we need to do is we need to transfer the value we have in earth and make him more valuable. That way we say, Lord, I love what I have on earth, but you're more valuable. I can't wait to go home with you. And you can look at your spouse and say, man, I love you. You are my heart. But I'm ready to go home with Jesus whenever he tells me. Guys, that's where we need to be. That's where we need to be. He's coming back for us. He's coming back for us. Now, here's how. This is how I always picture the, the rapture. Now, again, I always thought the rapture was going to happen in the 80s and 90s, and I always pictured me with my wife and my two girls, Talia Miranda, and we were walking, and we'd be walking into the beautiful boom, we'd be taken. Now, they're grown and different, so it's, it's, it's a little bit different, but I still think that we're all, all I want to all go together. Don't you all want to go together? Yeah, right here. We're sitting here, and we're just waiting, waiting for the Lord to come back. Why does that have to be taboo? Why does everybody, oh, you're just, you're, you're, I'm ready. That's my hope. Lord, Lord, today, 
today? I wonder. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my grandbaby. I love my family. I love y'all. But he is so much better. He is so much glory. Because here's the, all this and heaven too, it means nothing without him. He is the essence of heaven. You understand that, right? So although this is valuable and you love your husband, you love your wife, you love your kids, this is great. But he's ultimate. He's ultimate. That's where we got to be. That's how we got to walk. That's how we got to walk. So what does he do? Paul gives us two major reasons very closely, right, in why we shouldn't lose heart. Look at verse 2. He says, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in the craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. You go, Paul says a lot of words. Couldn't he just say it easy? I know, I know. But let me just jot this down. Reason number one, we don't lose heart. You ready? Because we see the truth of God's word in your life. I see the truth of God's word in your life. That's the reason I don't lose heart. When my brother comes to me and tells me how much he loves me and we're just, we're, I see the truth of God's word in your life. That's why I don't lose heart. Guys, where does courage come from? Courage comes from my brother Adam is walking the same life as I am. And he might be scared, but we're, we're lifting each other up. We're encouraging. That's where you get the word. Encouraging each other. And I see the truth of God's word in your life. And when I'm down and when I'm bummed and when I'm scared, then I have brothers that come to me and go, hey, it's all right, bro. It's all good. It's good. We love you, man. And I do the same. You guys understand because you see that in each other's, right? Have you, ever, have you ever just been one of those days and somebody sends you a text randomly and it's exactly what you needed? Hey, don't lose fear. God is with you. Well, I don't know why I'm supposed to tell you that. My brother Paul was, was getting ready to take his test his, you know, for driving and stuff. And, and the Lord just said, you got this, bro. God's with you. And, and, and I hope that was because that's what he needs, needs courage. My pastor thinks, okay, okay. And he works the same way for me. It works the same way for me. So that's the reason. Now, I love this because we can relate to this more than you think. And you go, why? Because in another translation, here's what Paul actually says. We refuse to wear masks and play games. And you go, oh, well, that didn't mean anything a year ago, but today everybody has a mask on. We can't see their face. I hate it. Not for any scientific reasons, but I can't see anybody smile. I can't see anybody's face. And, and sometimes a smile is all they need. And you go, and how are you? And you just smile at them. How are you doing? And they smile back, and we can't say that anymore. They've taken that away from us. But, but Paul says, guys, Paul says, listen, listen. He says, we, we're not, we refuse to wear masks. And the idea was that those who had come before him were fakes. They were mask-wearing teachers who preached for financial gain. We don't know any of that, do we? Not in our day and age. Yeah, there's people who are preaching the gospel, which, anyways. I love that Paul says the reason we don't lose hard, guys, is the truth is on display in every one of your lives. Paul says, we've kept everything out in the open. The whole truth is right before you. And Paul's ministry was honest. He used the word. 
in an open, sincere way, encouraging people to search the scriptures for themselves. Guys, can I just encourage you, as we move forward as body of believers, make sure that we encourage others with the truth of the word of God. There is no financial gain. There is, there is no, listen, I mean, because really, at the end of the day, none of that matters, does it? If you have a lot of cash or you don't, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. But I want to bring it home to 2020, okay? Because Paul, taking from Paul's principle, he says, don't lose heart. Don't lose courage. And here's why I don't want you to lose courage. Because Jesus, guys, it was the truth of the word of God who's told us this was going to happen. We went through an entire study, so I'm just going to read it, guys, and you can go back and listen to it on podcast. But the disciples come to my Jesus in Matthew 24 and ask them, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Now, again, they're thinking that it was going to happen close, not the year 2020, where Jim and Rosa are here, and, and Yvonne, and so and all of us are here, right? And Sandra's here. He said, he said what's going to happen? And here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, he says, listen, take heed that no one deceives you. Take heed that no one. That's the first thing Jesus said. Don't be deceived. So your prayer should not be, well, who's telling me the truth and who's not telling me the truth, but saying, God, help me not be deceived. Help me not be deceived. Help me to see what's going on in the world through Jesus-colored glasses. Don't be deceived. You guys with me? Do you feel like they're trying to deceive us at times? Could be. Could be. He said, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear wars and rumors of wars. He says, see that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, and the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation. Are we seeing that? It's crazy. It's crazy. The Lord never looked at the color of our skin to determine if you're worthy to be saved. He just didn't. And in the in almost sounding commonplace and cliche, don't all lives matter? For God so loved the world. All lives matter that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Nation, you know what nation means? It's ethnos. Ethnicity will rise against ethnicity. Is that happening in our day today? Yeah, yeah. For kingdom against kingdom. Who, who are establishing kingdoms? Is China versus the United States? Is, guys, listen, listen, okay? You don't hear much of it because of COVID, but keep your eyes on Russia, Iran, Libya, all of those going on in the Middle East. Keep your eyes on that. Because Ezekiel 38 is about to play out. Pastor, you're just trying to scare us. No, I'm trying to warn you. I'm not trying to scare you. I love you. But what, what the enemy, the media is trying to do is say, oh, don't worry about it. It's happening where we don't, we're not paying attention. Kingdom against kingdom. What other kingdoms? How could political parties be kingdoms? 
but they are. And we're rising up against, this is, Jesus said this. And there'll be famines and pestilences. What's that mean? Pandemics, right? There'll be, there'll be stuff. There'll be earthquakes in various places. These are just the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to the tribulation and kill you. Now, this is, this is what he's talking about. He's talking to the Jewish. He's talking to his disciples right now. But you will be hated, basically, by all nations for my name's sake. Let me just say this. I'm sorry I'm getting off, guys. I'll get, I promise, we'll get done here pretty quick. What's the one thing that's stopping what's going on in the world today? The Christians. Through our prayer, through our giving, through our witnessing, that's the one thing that's stopping the evil. Right? So, who do they hate? You. They hate me. You guys need to get off Facebook and quit preaching. You guys need to get off this. You need to get off your social. You need to quit telling people at the grocery store. You need to stop wearing masks that says Jesus loves you. You need to quit doing it. Again, why? Because we're stopping the agenda. So what do you do at that point, guys? You take the barrier out of the way. And that's when we're going to go home. And then they can do what they want to do in this world. But this is what Jesus said, okay? This is, he says, they'll deliver you, they'll hate you for my name's sake, and then many will be offended and betray one another and hate one another. Guys, I see that today. We are not the United States of America anymore. We're the divided states of America. Jesus said it. But listen to what he says, guys. Listen to what he says in John sixteen thirty three. He says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So here, here's what he's saying. You know how you do, I don't want you to lose heart. Here's why. Because Jesus said this is going to happen. You're going to go through this. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. What does that look like practically, Sandra? What does that look like in our lives? Here's, here, here's how I think it should go down. It should go down where we love our family. We embrace our kids. We laugh. And we enjoy. I, I don't know about you, but I found myself just a little bit not laughing anymore because it's just so, so pressure, you know. And we need to say, look, this is what Jesus said is going to happen. Let's go back to just, just being us, enjoying life. Yeah, but you need to take life seriously. No, I need to take God seriously, but I need to enjoy life. For the time I have left, I need to enjoy life. That's why I make fun of Paz all the time. I'll tell Haas, come on, Haas, what do you, what do you need? And, and, and he makes fun of me, but that's why, because we need, we need to laugh. We need to enjoy life. We need to enjoy life. Is anybody with me on that? I mean, really, I mean, we got to, we, you know, embrace your kids, man. You know, tell them you love them. That's all I ever hear from Jesse. Jesse, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I mean, it, I, that inspires me. I want to tell my kids I love them too all the time. I love you, I love you guys, I love you. I love you. Love you guys. All right, thank you. Reason number two. Here's why. This is why you don't want to lose heart, guys, is because our lives preach Christ and not self. Look what he says. But even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, 
who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not perish ourselves, oh, I'm sorry, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves are bondservants for Jesus' sake. Now, here's what he's saying. Guys, he's saying, listen, we're preaching the truth, our lives preach the truth, because we're preaching Christ and not self. He says, we're not lifting, our, we're not lifting it up. Hey, come to my ministry. Be blessed. So he's saying, no, no, no. He says, and, and so here's the question. Can you hear it? Well, then why aren't people coming? Why aren't people believing? Here's why. Because Satan has blinded the eyes of the unbelievers. That's what he's saying. Do you see it there? He said, the God of this age, do you guys see that in verse 3? Has blinded those who do not believe. So Paul writes, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it's hidden from people who are perishing. Why? Because Satan, who's the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who didn't believe. So, in a practical world, you get on Facebook and you share your, your point and, your, and, and what you believe, and you get all these oppositions, you go, oh, well, they're not, they don't believe. And it's the God of this age is blinding a lot of people to what's really going on. Paul says, guys, if, if I wanted to get a following for myself and I wanted to make money, he said, I would have preached myself, not Christ. I would have preached my ministry. And so remember, the second point he comes out of here is the purpose is to preach Jesus only. He says, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves as a bondservant in Jesus' sake. Okay? So here's the bottom line, guys. We don't lose heart today because the battle belongs to the Lord. Okay? We'll continue to preach the gospel as we live it out in our lives in his service. That's how we preach the gospel. Okay? We know people will be blinded by the truth. Can I get an amen? You'll tell them the truth. They'll be blinded. Don't, don't, be, don't be upset with them. You just know that that's, that's what's happening. All we can do, you ready, is live out what we believe. That's all we can do. And so let us purpose in our hearts as the day approaches to preach Jesus by the way we live, by the way we work, by the way we behave. Let us... Let us preach Jesus, listen to me, by what we put on social media. Preach Jesus with our lives and our words, asking people if they're okay, showing love in a social distant world. Then Paul uses creation to illustrate. Look at last verse. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness. Look at this, guys. This is amazing. Who has shown in the hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You know what he says? Just as God created the world, he now makes believers a new creation. That's exactly what he said. Now listen to this quote from Warren Wiersbe. He says, The lost sinner's heart is like that of the original earth, formless, empty, dark. The spirit broods over the heart. The word comes in and brings light, the light of the glorious gospel. The sinner then becomes a new creation and starts to bring forth fruit for the glory of God, end quote. I love that. 
And so I thought, isn't that a great place to close? You go, why? Because I think it's, it's, it's a great place to close with an invitation to come home. To come home. You go, why? Because maybe this morning, your heart is like that of the original earth. It's formless. It's empty. It's dark. And if you were to be honest, as I look through that lens there, you would say, my life seems pointless, empty, guilty. And if I'm honest with you, Pastor, I fear death more than anything. The good news is you have the power of the Holy Spirit, guys, hovering over your heart. And he's gently knocking on your heart, ever so gently. And he's bringing the message of God. He's bringing it to life. What's he bringing? He's bringing the light of the good news, the gospel of Jesus. So listen, you have a choice. You can choose not to do anything and face the world all by yourself, or you can, sur- you can choose to surrender your life to Jesus. And what, what Paul just said, if you do, just like the world became a brand new creation, you will become a brand new creation too. A brand new creation in Christ. So I want to take just a moment, just a second, guys, to offer you an invitation. If you're watching online and that's how you feel, your life feels empty and void and pointless and meaningless. I have the answer. The answer is the only Son of God, Jesus Christ, who died for your sins and who has a plan for your life. Listen to me. I know you all are here, and I know all of you in this room, but I'm speaking to you, those that are watching and those listening. I got a disturbing prayer request yesterday. Lost, uh, they asked me to pray for a couple of families who lost their young adults to COVID-19. But not in the way you think. They asked me to pray because these young people didn't know how to face a world and took their own lives. And I'm telling you, my Jesus is the answer. I'm begging you to come to him. It's not for our sake. It's not for Calvary Chapel. It's it's because I know he's the answer. I know what he's done for me, and I know what he's done for y'all. 
And so with, the, with just a sincerest heart, I'm asking if, if you've never given your life to Jesus, will you do that right now? Will you say, God, I surrender all to you completely? I believe and I trust in you. I know you have the answer. And I will follow you and believe. Yes, I will follow you and believe. I promise you, he'll bring you the peace that you're looking for. He'll fill that emptiness. He'll take away the guilt, and you won't be afraid to die anymore. You'll have a reason for living. You go, Ben, what do I need to do? All you have to do is just open up your heart and invite him inside. You can pray a prayer or something like this. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for my sin. I am a sinner. And I believe, I believe with all of my heart that you came to earth 2,000 years ago and you died on a cross for me. I believe on the third day you resurrected and you're sitting at the right hand of God right now interceding for me. I believe that if I put my faith and trust in you that you'll come in and you'll save me. So I do that right now. I open up my heart. I invite you inside to be my Lord, to be my God, to be my Savior, to be my friend. I choose July 12th, uh, 2020, to follow you, Jesus. For forever, I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, we want to welcome you to the family of God. We want to walk with you through this. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. And I don't know how many people out there um, that we might reach, but you're not alone. Reach out to us, calvarychapellubbock.church, calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Reach out to us. We want to walk. May the Lord bless you and keep you all the days of your life. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.